Alrighty then, let's get started. Thanks for joining us for another AMA, whether you're on Discord or Twitter. Um, see a lot of new faces today, which is great to see. Welcome. Looking forward to your questions. Uh, if you have questions, just type them in, in the AMA questions channel on our Discord. And uh, I'm going to get right to the first question. So we have Nalo Road asking, seems like revenue is on a consecutive decline over the last several months. I know we are in a bear market, but it's not like conditions have gotten worse over that time. How does that compare to broader trading volume trends? Is it because there is less aggregate market trading volume? We are losing market share or the fee percentages are declining. What are you all doing to try to adjust and get revenues up? Thanks. Yeah, so indeed the uh, revenue um, quoted in dollars has declined over the past few months. Although I think our lowest month ever was back in October, I believe. So it's not like it's straight down, but yeah. You look at the past few months it has been declining so why is that i think there are a few reasons one is that um i'm not sure about volume volume um it's kind of gone up and down it's not as straightforward as like straight down but that could be contributing it to it I think a significant part of it is that the price of soul is down. So the reason that would affect the revenue is because we're quoting our dollar or our revenue in dollars and not in like soul, for example. If we were quoting it in soul, actually it might have been going up because as soul gets cheaper, our revenue um, in soul would probably go up because we'd be more easily able to acquire soul but um yeah so the fees we earn um at least for our v1 pools are in the form of lp tokens which are composed of both soul and usd so if soul goes down then when we withdraw the profit the value of our fees which again are in SOL and USD, are going to be down because the SOL portion is going to be worth less in dollar terms. And so when SOL prices lower, um, revenue tends to go down. And with our V2 pools, um, it's kind of interesting how they work because um, if you read the article um, where we announced our V2, the way it works is that it basically collects all fees in USDC. I'm kind of simplifying it, but that's essentially what happens is that we accumulate all the fees denominated in USDC. Um, so the APR works kind of interestingly because um, it always counts the revenue in USDC, but then the value of the pooled assets is constantly shifting 
and that's used as the base to calculate the APR. So what might be a good APR right now in dollar terms, given the current value of the pool, might in the future look like a low APR if the value of Sol goes up by say like 5x to like $100 or something. Then uh, like looking backwards at the USD value of the fees we generated, it might look quite small. And so as the, as the price of Sol goes up and the value of the pooled assets goes up, that APR will probably tend to decline merely because the, the revenue generated in the past when the value of Sol was lower will look smaller because we're calculating the APR based on the current value of the pool. Hope that made sense. <laughs> um, so that part is kind of weird. It's a difference from V1 because in V1 the fees are in both Seoul and USDC, whereas in V2 all the fees are USDC. Um, actually, yeah, I think I kind of <laughs> got away from your question. But yeah, so the, the volume and the changing value of Seoul are two considerations. Um, like you say, we're in a bear market, and obviously that contributes to it. Um, I think that's the gist of it. Uh, and let's see, there was a second part to your question. What are you all doing to try to adjust and get re revenues up? Yeah, so this is something I've talked about in like previous uh, AMAs, but the main thing the team is doing right now is um, working on the market making engine and adjusting parameters. So the parameters we can adjust are fees, the price curve, the target, um, which is like how much soul we want to have in the pool, and even the price we quote. So there's a lot of trial and error that we're doing and optimizing. And I think people who have been paying close attention to the APR of the pool will notice that over time we've done um, increasingly better. Um, there was a time when the APR was much lower, like 300 something percent, I think. And right now we're like 500 something. Um, the market making profit has improved. I think it was negative at one point. Um, yeah, so that all that trial and error continues. And uh, another thing to get revenue up is creating new pools. Uh, a while back, we started the ETH USDC pool, and that has been doing quite well, uh, much better than the V1 pool. Right now, you can only see it on the um, bird's eye, so you can only like see the volume and not the profitability. But yeah, once it's ready, we'll add that to the pools page. Um, in terms of volume, like just like all our other V2 pools for like Soul, Stake Soul, M Soul, etc. Um, the V2 pool is generating more volume with less liquidity. So great to see that. 
Um, let's see. And then we do plan to open a bunch of um, smallish pools, like MSOL USDT, Stakesol USDT, um, WBTC USDC. Uh, I think we're going to do an ETH Sol pool too. Um, we're still testing the bonk. So unfortunately, the bonk, for the time being at least, it's not really profitable. And like I mentioned last time, this is probably mainly due to price discovery being on DEXs rather than centralized exchanges. Uh, and that renders the use of an oracle to be basically meaningless. Uh, we have no advantage because DEX price moves faster than the SEX price. So we'll, we'll keep that pool open with the tiny amount of liquidity that we have in it just to keep monitoring it. And if the situation ever does change and we notice that, hey, now the pool is profitable, then we can increase liquidity. Um, and we can borrow funds from the bonk team likely because uh, they seem to be on board with that whole thing. And uh, yeah, now, now we're in talks with the Helium team um, about borrowing HNT from them to open a HNT USDC or an HNT Soul pool. So that would be similar. It would be a V2 pool so we could uh, market make for their token in a delta neutral manner and be able to borrow the tokens for free not have to face any um, like borrow APYs or liquidation risk or have to put up collateral or anything like that um, other than um, we might send them Lifinity tokens from our treasury as collateral just you know uh, so just to assuage any fears that like uh, we're not going to run off with their tokens even though you know that would be kind of crazy if we did because <laughs> like we're borrowing a very small amount from them anyways so we have much more to lose from just stealing their tokens anyways but um yeah so that's some of the things we're doing to get revenues up uh improving the performance of our existing pools um which is especially important for our larger pools because they account for the majority of our volume. So, yeah, kind of like 80-20 rule. And then also opening opening these uh, smaller pools. Um, yep, I think that sums it up. That answered your question. All right, next question. Actually, let me take a drink real quick. All right, next question, <clears throat> we have WM. Obviously, some people may want to dump flares when the streaming of Lifinity to flare holders stop, stops in mid-May. Does the team have any plans to prevent such from happening? Are there any new utilities coming for the flares? Thanks. Yeah, so the great unlocking is going to happen on May 16th. That'll be one year from the day we began our staking and locking program. And uh, flare stakers can unstake their flares whenever they want, but those who locked it, which uh, I believe is about one fourth of holders, so something like 2,500 flares, 
um, are going to be unlocked on that day. And so there's been a lot of discussion around um, what price action, if any, we're going to see when that happens. Is there going to be a mass dumping of flares? <laughs> so, um, let's see. Do we have any plans to prevent this from happening? Short answer is no. Um, to elaborate, um, basically, I think the right attitude to have here is to embrace the dump. <laughs> um, I know you all embrace the pump, but with flares, you also get to embrace the dump, believe it or not. Um, so to elaborate on that, flares are interesting in that it's both good when price is high and price is low. It just depends on what you're looking for. So if price is high, that's a good opportunity for you to um, take profit by selling your flares. And then when price is low, um, it's a good opportunity to buy. And this is um, especially the case for flares and not so with other NFTs because flares are backed by actual assets. Um, so they have an intrinsic value to them. Um, their share of the Flare-owned liquidity and the idle assets owned by FlareDAO. So that intrinsic value was um, based on the last balance sheet update that we gave um, a few weeks ago. I think uh, the intrinsic value of Flare was something around 7SOL, a little bit above 7SOL. So... Um, yeah, when price very temporarily did dip below that, you saw it get bought up real quick. Um, and yeah, like you don't see this with other other um, NFTs because they aren't backed by anything, or at least the vast majority of them. So their intrinsic value, if if we were to call it that, is zero. <laughs> Um, and so for that reason, like, we're not really worried about dumping. Um, our buyback wallet has over a thousand soul. And so if price does go low, like, that is a great opportunity for the buyback bot to um, reduce the circulating supply at a great price. Um, so, like, we're super down for that. And even if it, like, stays low... You know, then it's, I mean, in other words, like, it, it stays below intrinsic value. Like, I mean, hell yeah, we're happy to buy, like, continue buying um, at that price. And, like, if it's below intrinsic value, it's probably even worth it to use our idle assets to begin buying flares at that price. Because, basically, that will increase the intrinsic value of each flare that remains in the circulating supply. Um... So, yeah, TLDR, like, we're very much not worried about it. Um, and, like, uh, also, like, my personal opinion is that we're likely not going to have an opportunity to perform these cheap buybacks anyways because other people are thinking the exact same thing and they're probably going to 
buy them um, if they go below intrinsic value. Um, but that is just my personal opinion, obviously not financial advice, blah, blah, blah. Um, are there any new utilities coming to flares? Uh, there are no plans for any. The flares will continue earning revenue just as they always have, and they will continue to be bought back off of the market. So the circulating supply will continue to decrease and their half of their revenue will continue to be reinvested. Um, and that combines to say that the intrinsic value will continually go up and so will the speed at which buybacks are performed, assuming price doesn't moon. <laughs> so yeah, hope that answers your question. Okay, next question we have Pedro Norte says, is there potential for the protocol to ever work on multiple blockchains? One of the biggest criticisms of Sol has been that its top validators own over a third of the coin. Yes, this is like the number one question, it seems. I feel like we get this question every week. Very popular question. <laughs> um... Today specifically, it reminds me of a tweet I saw either today or yesterday where I think it was Raj of Solana, one of the co-founders, mentioned, was basically saying like, um, the real way to success is to focus on a single chain rather than spreading, spreading thin over multiple or something like that. I mean, he said it much more elegantly, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, that is kind of our attitude at least for now like we still are focused on soul because there is a lot to be done and um it it is a faster way to increase our revenue rather than going to another chain um going to another chain is probably a significant undertaking and depends on the details, how much has to be done, like whether we have to code from scratch, for example. Um, but yeah, going cross-chain is, is quite complex, especially for us because of our reliance on an Oracle. And also because we are very sensitive to um, fast block times and cheap fees. So yeah like we're on solana for a good reason it's because solana is like uh the clear leader for both of those things in terms of having um, a good oracle that updates every slot and the block times are fast and uh, this allows us to avoid being front run <clears throat> but um yeah opening lifinity on other chains is not out of the question. It's something we're definitely considering, keeping an eye out on, talking with teams about. Um, I feel like we've talked with at least four chains. Um, yeah, so like there's even interest from like other chains for us to build on them. But uh, 
Yeah, so th there's a lot of tricky things involved. I mean, I kind of brushed over those tricky things, but let's see. So the Oracle part on Solana, Pith publishes every slot, like I mentioned. So there's nothing we need to do to make the price update. But on other chains, um, Pith uses the poll method. So if you want price to be updated, you have to send a request via a transaction. And then once that some transaction is processed, the price will get updated. But that introduces additional latency. And latency is bad for us because it increases the, the likelihood of front running um, or us updating our prices too slow. So actually like us eating toxic arbitrage where we're using a stale price instead of the current price. Um, so avoiding that is very, very, very necessary to maintain profitability. And um, to avoid that kind of toxic flow, we would need to basically the, the, the slower the block time, the wider our spreads. Uh, so we can't quote as competitive of a price if there's more latency. And if we're not quoting as competitive a price, that means we're not gonna get as much volume, which means we're not gonna be a, as profitable. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's like probably the most important thing is uh you know whether it's feasible or not and then um there's a question of like uh how much development would this require uh for some projects it's going to be next to nothing because you can just port your solana code as is to the new chain um let's see what was it nitro for example i think is doing it on Sui, I believe. I, I I get confused about these chains, <laughs> um, but like they are they're um, using the SVM, so we would be able to use our code as is. That'd be the ideal case. Um, otherwise, we'd need to rewrite it from scratch. Oh yeah, and then some other considerations are like, uh, are there other DEXs on the chain? Which you know sometimes is a legitimate question when the chains are like very new like Aptos or Sui, if there are no other DEXs or if like the volume is like minuscule, first of all, if like the volume is minuscule, then, you know, it's simply not going to be worth it if there's just not much to capture anyways, because like no one's trading there. But if the, even if there, if there is decent volume, then uh, you'd want there to be like enough liquidity um, for us to be able to ARB against like, for example, on Solana, um, arbitragers get to arbitrage between our pools and Orca and Radium and a bunch of other protocols, and they have tons of liquidity. Um, and yeah, so that's important for us. So yeah, we, we would also want that on other chains. So like, uh, those are some considerations. There's probably some others too that I just didn't think of right now. But yeah, going cross-chain is complex. Uh, we're definitely open to it, but um, first and foremost, we're still focused on Solana and uh, continuing to build there. 
simply because we think that's where the biggest opportunity still lies. And also it's like the most, it seems like it has the high, highest ROI. Um, just because like, you know, everything is already built. It's just a matter of like opening new pools and optimizing existing ones for the most part and like um, creating new partnerships, stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's basically our thoughts and approach to it currently. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, for all I can tell, like, Solana is just starting to, like, do very well, uh, technically, I mean. Like, the chain is, is, like, super smooth right now. Um, even the last outage, it was only because of a, like, a failed update. Like, there was a bug in the, uh, the new version of the code. And has nothing to do with like um, the existing code being insufficient to handle like traffic or whatever, which used to be the problem, right? But like those types of problems have seemed to all have been solved with like quick and localized fee markets and stuff. Um, so like uh. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Solana volume start to increase. Um, I don't know what, the, what would be the catalyst, though. Um, but, like, like personally, you know, like, I, I don't want to use any other chain than Solana unless I have to, because it's just such a great UX. Uh, hopefully some some app nails it and kicks off some mass adoption for blockchain as a whole. We'll see. Anyways, I'm rounding. All right, so next question we have Shardo. Are there plans to add more metrics to the dashboard, or is the dashboard complete? Um, it is not complete. We have a dashboard channel, actually, in uh, our Discord. Uh, maybe I'll just link to it right now. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so in there we have a bunch of ideas. In the past, I've asked the community, like, what kinds of things do you want to see? Right now we have, like, the basics, like volume and fees and some token distribution stuff and buybacks. Um, but there's, like, so much more that could be created. So yeah, that is definitely still on our to-do list. I mean, there's, like, a lot there. Maybe I'll just go there real quick and see what we have left. So some things yet to do. Percent of VE Lafinity that is unlocking. Historical, yeah, a historical graph of that. And uh, APR for four-year locked VE Lafinity. Right, a historical graph of that. Yeah, so basically like our charts and their numbers, our monthly charts that we announce on Twitter. But yeah, turn that into a graph. Uh, APR breakdown into the trading fees, market making profit, and market making as a service and liquidity as a service. It's probably not that important right now since like trading fees are like, I don't know, 99% or something. Um, the number of VE Lafinity holders, 
This is like something people occasionally ask because there's no way to uh, easily check this on chain unless you're like familiar with the VE Lefinity program. Uh, then we have TVL as a bar chart of protocol-owned liquidity and LPs. Uh, distribution of protocol-owned liquidity and LPs across the pools. Percent of total revenue by pool as a bar chart. And then uh, we could do some stuff for flares. The buyback stats could be turned into charts or the staked, locked, or idle flares. I guess we won't need that since that program is coming to an end. But yeah, those are some of the ideas. And like, I mean, that's probably not even everything. Other things could be done too, so. Yep. All right. And your second question. Also believe there was a plan to revamp the website in React. Any update on that? I feel like the current website homepage rewards page could be more geared towards beginners and making it simpler would help increase the Lefinity holder base, which may not have revenue impact, but have other positive side effects. When you're doing it, please ask for inputs from the DAO. Yeah, uh, we've definitely like taken notes along the way because people have mentioned like um, things to do that would make the interface better. Um, and I've passed each thing along to uh, the devs as they've come up. So yeah, we are taking notes. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, we, we, con we want to continue to receive feedback from you regarding that. So thank you to everyone who is providing feedback for the UI or anything else, really. Always appreciate that. Um, okay, so yeah, so we still have a plan to revamp the website in React. Um, to be honest, I am not super up to date on on the uh, progress with that or where it lies in the priority list. Um, I know at one point, one of our part-timers was working on it, but yeah, right now I'm not sure. Um, I can ask about that later and get back to you. So if interested, maybe remind me after this AMA and then I can get back to you with how it's going. Um, let's see. Could be more geared towards beginners. The, the home page and the rewards page. Yeah. Hmm. Home page, I think, is... As far as I remember, it's pretty beginner friendly. It is like, isn't it like a introduction to like Lifinity, what Lifinity does, like giving the broad overview type of thing. The rewards page, yeah, it it does confuse some people. It's a uh, it's tricky because like uh, the tokenomics is what makes it complex. So I guess like you could simplify it, but then um, that could cause other types of confusion where you're like leaving out details. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about it without talking about specifics, I guess. 
But, I mean, I do agree that, yeah, the rewards page can be confusing for beginners. Um, but I feel like that's usually because they're not familiar with the tokenomics and how the three tokens interact with each other and what they mean. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, definitely open to um, ideas for improvement, so... Yeah, if you do have specifics, please let me know. All right, well, we have... Thanks, Shardo. We have temporarily reached the uh, end of our questions. Looks like uh, nobody on Twitter. Everyone's on uh, Discord. <laughs> I've talked a few times about, like, not doing it on... Twitter. I wonder if that's what I should do. I'm not sure if it's it's accomplishing anything. <laughs> Shout out to uh, these people I usually never see. Broski, Bugs, Yacht, Janana, Pero, Matishi, Alice K. And then uh, more of the regulars that I've definitely seen before. Sally Jack, Just Me, Smitten, Shardo. How's it going, everyone? Um, I guess one of the interesting things going on recently is uh, there's been this discussion around Lefinity Dow buying out uh, the flare-owned liquidity. So basically what would happen would be like um, Lefinity DAO would exchange um, some Lefinity from its treasury for the flare-owned liquidity, the liquidity in the pools, and probably also the, um, the idle liquidity. Um, the question, of course, is like, at what price should such a trade take place? Um, in theory, it seems like there should be a, a price at which both parties can be satisfied. But, yeah, pretty complex discussion, to be honest. And uh, I assume it will continue for quite a while. <laughs> uh, there's a channel in the Flare Governance channel for those interested Hey, Promino joins the chat. What's up? Uh, pretty, pretty quiet AMA today. Hmm. Uh, it's been a lot of uh, buying and selling of flares these days. I don't know if people have noticed. Ever since price 
grazed the uh, the intrinsic value, or maybe went v below it. It's been a lot of cycles of people selling and people buying in like batches. It's been interesting. And of course, the uh, Tensor LP position controversy continues. It's so controversial. Reintroducing flares is is very much hated by some. All right, we have. Thugs Yacht Club asking, have you seen any impact since the listing of the collection on decals or not at all? So to be honest, I haven't like uh, kept a close eye on activity on decals, but I haven't heard it brought up even once ever since the listing, as far as I can remember. So I would probably say no. Um, yeah, I think the thing with, like, flares is that it tends to be a, because it's not, like, a hype-based collection, like many NFTs tend to be, where, you know, they'll occasionally have some, some hype announcement that causes price to skyrocket or plummet, um, and it's those scenarios where options make a lot of sense, I think. Um, where you can expect there to be significant price moves. But uh, flares tend to not be like that. Price tends to move more gradually. Or at least that is my impression. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of... Like, if there's not that much option um, activity for flares, I would think that's the reason. But yeah. But maybe other members know more if they are... I don't know, do you guys use decals? Uh, maybe even not for flares for other collections? Uh, let's see. Ipromino asks, are we doing anything to celebrate the one-year anniversary? Yeah, kind of thought about it, but didn't come up with any ideas for things we could do. Do you have any ideas? <laughs>
Romano says D calls is PvP. There needs to be a counterparty on the other side to take the bet. So far it needs to gain more traction for more people to take a side there. Yeah. Options, I mean, like pricing options is super tricky. And <laughs> probably even trickier for NFTs. So probably, I assume like the spreads are like very wide. And if spreads are very wide, you know, if if you're if you're the taker, like you need like very high conviction to um, take any liquidity, because yeah, the spreads are massive. So <laughs> you need you need to be very confident in your view. Um, Janana says, pretty sure Decals pivoted from their options platform. Okay. Didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, like, even options for normal assets, or I should say fungible assets, like Soul, like, even those options, you know, it was really hard, I think, to like get get volume on them uh, I think there's just less demand for it I mean I don't I've I've never traded options so I'm not gonna pretend to like you know know everything about them uh, my impression is that like in in the retail world people like options because you you can get massive upside with a small investment uh albeit very low probability of course and that's what attracts people it's kind of like leverage except you're not leveraged um you're just betting on like very low probability events and like so i guess it's more like a lottery <laughs> Um, except uh, your odds are probably much better than a, an actual lottery. Because um, the actual lottery is just a scam. <laughs> the government-sponsored scam. <laughs> um, to prey on the, uh, the financially illiterate. But uh, yeah, but like with crypto, because everything's so volatile... Like, even just buying a crypto token is kind of like an option in the TradFi world because it's so volatile. So you do have, like, exposure to high upside. And so in the crypto world, it seems like, you know, you don't need... Or, like, options don't serve a unique role the way they do in the TradFi world. That's my, that's my naive noob take which may be totally wrong. Anyways, uh, Promino says, any progress on the new V2 pools? The last one was ETHUSDC incident. It's been two months since the StakeSoul USDC and MSOL USDC. Yeah, so we continue to work on the parameters of those and improving them. And that is important because like these will be the largest pools, the Soul, StakeSoul, MSOL, and ETH. So um, 
optimize them to make sure they're like earning as much as they can. And then we want to move to opening more pools. Uh, so basically our view is that like optimizing the pools is higher value than opening new but much smaller pools, at least for now. Once they are optimized, then yeah, opening new pools becomes the new highest value option for us. Um, the pools themselves are doing great. Yeah. I guess to like really see that, you'd have to like be paying close attention to the APRs and how they change um, as the sole price changes. But yeah, they're doing quite good. Better than before, certainly. Uh, Janana says it's some simplified degen up or down now to bet on Solana price action. I liked it more before, but this space seems to degen for a vast amount of liquidity to go into options for now. Really, vast amount of liquidity to go into options, huh? I guess I'm just not aware. Uh, Promino says, any update on the NFT where merchandise? Um, well, let's see. So we did the, uh, shit, what was it called? The, uh, the caps, the Solana caps, but they weren't called caps. They were called something else. That one project that like works with Solana validators has like logo, has the logo on there. Snapbacks. Thank you, Shardo. Uh, so Solana snapbacks, we had that. And then we did the thing with the other NFT merchandise place, which, um, to be honest, like felt like a kind of a mediocre provider or like at least not very professional <laughs> in the way they were, uh, interacting with me anyways. Um, I can't speak to the quality of their wear because I didn't test anything. Um, but at that point I was like, damn, if we're, if we're able to like get anything out, that'll be a win because like I'd been trying for months with these other projects who like partway through would ghost me and like nothing was getting done. So I was like, all right, if you guys are gonna like set up the store and like make sure everything works, that's good enough for me for right now anyways. So like, I, I'm sure like definitely we could do better things. Oh yeah. And like part of that one was like, they couldn't handle our, our colored NFT designs. So it was just like black and white stuff. Um, so it was, and like the items were pretty limited too. So, uh, much less flexibility than I would have liked. Cause like we did that whole vote for like, what designs do we want on what items? And, uh, like we got it down to all the details. So we were so ready to go until we got ghosted. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Is there like, do, pe do people know of any, um, NFT or I guess it doesn't even have to be NFT, but like 
um, like merch projects that would be able to work with us. Like basically what we're looking for is, you know, a merch store that will take in our designs and items, pair, pair it up with the ones that we're interested in, um, have like everything figured out, the logistics, like we just give them the designs and then they set up the store and deal with the payments and all that. Um, yeah, if, if anyone knows of any that they think could work with us, just let me know and I can, uh, I can talk with them. Yeah. I, I just don't know of any. Uh, Janana says, well, I think most don't understand how to option trade, hence their pivot. Right. Oh, so you're saying they, they pivoted to the degen up or down system because that's like simple and people can understand it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, even if that is the case, I would still be surprised if there's like vast amounts of liquidity. If it's just like an up or down bet, seems like people would mostly just, you know, buy soul. Like if they think soul's going to go up, most people just buy soul rather than these options. Uh, I mean, I guess they could use it for shorting soul if they don't know of any other way to short soul. But yeah, on the long side, seems like they just like buy soul. Uh, Pramano says the idea for borrowing H and T with Lifinity from the Treasury as collateral is interesting. I wonder what would be their considerate their considerations. Did you also offer market making as a service or liquidity as a service with their team? Um, let's see. So like we could pitch um, liquidity as a service, probably. But in the case of liquidity as a service, we would need to hold their token. So I guess the difference would be um, in liquidity as a service, we have both price exposure to HNT, but we also get HNT um, token rewards. Whereas with the uh, deal I'm talking with them about right now, uh, we don't have price exposure to HNT, but we also don't have HNT token rewards. Um, in my mind, I like the second option better simply because it's like less risk, it's less volatile. Um, like, uh, it's, it's like more focus on the fees, just, just get the fees and like, don't worry about anything else. Um, whereas if you have price exposure, you know, like HNT could go to zero. I mean, like, uh, probably not likely or like, even if it doesn't go to zero, you know, like it, it could decrease its value could decrease enough that it erodes any of the HNT rewards um, plus any fees and market making profit we've generated. So, yeah. 
I I feel like it's it's the better option to just borrow HNT from them for free and then use that to generate yield. Um, it's also nice because once we create one kind of deal like this, then other projects see that and will become more interested in it. Um, and that kind of deal is more easy to form than a liquidity as a service, probably because um, they don't need to offer their token as liquidity mining, which, you know, has has gone out of fashion, basically, um, in this bear market. So if they're if they're just lending us tokens temporarily, um, that's much more palatable. So, yeah, that's why I'm talking. I uh, yeah, I'm talking about this with them. And also, um, this is like only possible because we have the V2, right? I think when we initially conceived of market making as a service and liquidity as a service, we just had the V1 pools. So this option wasn't available. But yeah, this is like a new option that I think makes a lot of sense. It's like um, basically doing what we explained in the V2 article about how to go delta neutral. But, you know, none of the options were great. Um, you know, we have to go on a centralized exchange to short the tokens uh, with with decent liquidity. Or you can short it on some perps exchange on a DEX, but probably liquidity isn't great. And there's all that smart contract risk. Or you could borrow it from a lending protocol, but then there's the borrow APY and liquidation risk. It's like also complex, right? <laughs> and if you just borrow tokens from the team, like you, you just bypass all that complexity, which is like super nice to be honest. So yeah, if we could do this with a bunch of teams, that could be pretty dope. Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still reliant on like there being plenty of centralized exchange trading volume for the token. The centralized exchange has to be the place of price discovery. So, and there has to be, you know, like at least a decent amount of volume for the token. So it's not like we can do it for every project, but um, the more major ones we should be able to. So yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Thugyat says, in quotes, dumb it down. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Promino says, every time we open a pool with a new token, do we need to open both V1 and V2 pools? Or can we just go straight with V2 pools? Yeah, I think we can just go straight with V2 pools. Um, I think I've mentioned before, but like we're basically trying to gradually migrate liquidity from V1 to V2. And like we could just do it in one go, but the effects of that aren't clear to us, which is why we're doing it gradually. Um, 
because in a sense like you know the v1 and v2 pools occasionally compete for the same volume and so uh, but then they're also like they also get value uh, volume that is independent of the other pool because they although they use the same oracle price they have different price curves and their pool balances are not always the same so yeah the effects of like just like immediately getting rid of v1 is not clear and then, yeah that's why we're doing it gradually um, and like I mentioned like way back when we first created the v2 pool um, it is possible that like optimally we keep both v1 and v2 but it may also be optimal to just have v2 so like you know we're, we're gradually testing that by gradually migrating liquidity um, but yeah if we open new ones like I think it's looking likely that we probably just need v2 pools so probably we will just create v2 pools um, for for like totally new pools um, yeah it's not like at all obvious that like v1 pools are indispensable in some way I don't think they are so yeah, I think we'd just create V2 pools. Yeah. Give me a second. Okay. Promino says every time we open a new pool, oh, never mind. Isn't the V1 pool there to capture bigger trades while the V2 pool is um, to capture smaller swaps? Yeah, so like that was the initial thought, right? right? Like um, why it may be possible for for us to, for, for it to be optimal to have a V1 pool as well. But, um, like, as we increase the liquidity of V2, like, V2 is more able to capture larger trades. And then V1 is not as able to capture the larger trades. Like, simply by virtue of it not having as much liquidity as it once had. Um... And uh, so the thing is, like, yes, V1 pools can capture larger trades, but it's also true that those trades are very infrequent. Um, so they're not vital in any way. And also, very large trades can sometimes 
like not be a good thing. <laughs> it was like very specific to um, what kind of trade it is. So usually if it's just a retail trader and you're just trading massive size, that's a good thing for us because it's just um, uninformed flow. But then for example, a, a thing where it could be negative for us is if there's a large liquidation. So a liquidator just like sells a bunch of some asset. Um, and that trade is not like indicative of any price movement. It's just a liquidation. It's not, it's not indicative of like where price is going. Um, so in those cases, like it's, it's possible for like, for example, say they're liquidating a bunch of soul. So they sell a bunch of soul to us. Um, and then immediately or soon after that, the price of soul starts to go down, not because of the liquidation, because that's like relatively small still, like the size of our pools compared to like all the liquidity in the market is quite small, right? So like we're not the place of price discovery. Um, but yeah, so say they, they sold us a bunch of soul. So now you have a, a ton of soul and our pool is imbalanced. And then on centralized exchanges for completely unrelated reasons, price of soul starts to go down, simply just price discovery happening. And then we're stuck with a bunch of soul as price is going down, which really sucks. Um, so unfortunate things can happen like that. And so, um, capturing large trades can be valuable. It can also be like risky. So like the same is not really true for like smaller trades, right? Because it's much easier to rebalance the pool quickly after that. Like if your pool is imbalanced because of a small trade, so now you have like 50.1% soul and 49.9% USDC. It's like not a huge deal. Like even after that, if price of soul starts to go down, like uh, it's not a big deal at all. Whereas, you know, if a large liquidation happened and our pool was like 75% soul and 25% USDC, then um, it would hurt us a lot more. Um, yeah, so like all that to say, capturing bigger trades could be a thing, but it's not as obviously a good thing as you might, as it might first, as it might seem at first glance. Um, yeah, I hope that made sense. <laughs> and so for that reason, like, um, v1 pools like if that if that's their only merit is like they just have a shit ton of liquidity it's like not that big of a plus yeah uh it promino says in terms of priorities which ones will be open first let's see so eth usdc is already open Bonk USDC is also open. 
Um, ETH USDC is doing well. Bonk USDC has not done well, so it's only remaining open with a small amount of liquidity for like monitoring purposes in case it does become good in the future and we want to add more liquidity. Um, then HNT USDC and WBTC USDC. The order of those is probably, um, it could be like more dependent on <clears throat> the response of the Helium team. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how, how fast or slow discussions in their compliance team would be. And also, I don't know how their, like, governance works. So can they just make a team decision to, uh, like, send us HNT tokens for that purpose? Or do they have to do, like, some governance proposal thing? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know the timeline for that one. WBTC, probably fairly soon. Um, but it might be, we might do, uh, like, MSOL USDT and STSOL USDT. We might do those pools before WBTC, not sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I noticed that the volume for WBTC and Solana is the smallest among them. Right. For that reason, we might have the uh, MSOL USDT, SDSOL USDT first. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wonder who's uh, trading Bitcoin on Solana. <laughs> Sometimes I hear this like this. Uh, some people say like Bitcoiners like Solana or something. I have no idea how true or false that is. I think the justification I've heard is like, uh, you know, there's always been this like strong antagonism between Bitcoiners and Ethereans. Um, especially when like Ethereum started the uh, ultrasound money narrative because it kind of competes with Bitcoin trying to be sound money. But then Sol is like, you know, it's not really trying to be money. It's just like hyper-optimized tech, essentially. <laughs> so in that sense, like, it doesn't overlap with Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, I've heard, I've heard that Bitcoiners like Solana. But I'm sure that's definitely not universally true at all. I'm sure there's plenty of Bitcoiners calling Solana shitcoin and um, throwing all the usual criticisms. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Promino says, interesting, what would be your consideration for opening STSOL USDT when we already have STSOL USDC? Uh, basically, you know, if it has volume, we'll take it. I mean, same as like our sole USDT pool. 
And we have a V2 pool for that too. Um, it has volume. I mean, not nearly as much as Soul USDC, but I mean, USDT is still decently popular. Um, not as popular as USDC, but some people still like it. And uh, it's got a decent amount of usage. So yeah, these uh, USDT pools can generate some decent volume. At the end of the day, that's like all that matters, right? It's like how much volume does the pool have? And uh, like a pool like SDSOL USDT is like, um, how do you say? Like, uh, it can get a lot of like uh, volume from related pools due to arbitrage. Like, if someone is trading STSOL to SOL, you know, sometimes it'll go through STSOL USDT and then USDT SOL. Uh, both pools of which you have. So we could get both or even just one leg of that trade. So it doesn't even have to be like a SD SOL USDT trade. It can be a, uh, what do you call that? Multi-hop trade. Um, and uh, since there's like so many pools with SD SOL and USDT, like it has a higher likelihood of having those trades occur which contributes to volume and that's like less true of a pool like wbtc right or like hnt because they don't have as many um other pools that include those tokens Oh, we got auto catalytic in the house. How's it going? Promino says the rate we're charging for swaps seems to be decreasing. I mean, we rank second for volume, but the fee for soul-based pools is now only 0.04%. Last month it was 0.05%. Is it that competitive nowadays? Yep, if we uh, are decreasing fees, that means that that fee is optimal, or at least we're testing it. So yeah, that would mean that other pools are quoting quite competitively, concentrating harder. So we do the same, narrow our spread. Good for liquidity, but yeah, kind of unfortunate for us. 
But yeah, it's not the first time we've done 0.04%. I believe we did that back in the day when uh, when Serum was still a thing. And they were the uh, the the strongest competition, uh, more more so than Orca. Possibly, like Camino uh, might be contributing to it, um, because they have vaults, so just like retail, just deposits there and sees the giant. APR that doesn't account for impermanent loss. And, uh, yeah, just like concentrates heavily. Romano always with the the good questions. <laughs> always keeping a close eye. All right, well, uh, I see your Promino's typing, but uh, anybody else got any questions? If not, probably going to wrap it up soon. Uh, Promino says, can you talk about what's going to happen on May 16th? Will the emissions simply stop and stakers need to unstake manually? Um, I haven't checked, but I assume that's the case. Yeah, I would be surprised if there was a uh, auto-release function where we send them back to you. I believe it just remains the same as it's always been, and uh, you will withdraw yourself. <coughs> Which will uh, also be an interesting thing, I guess, to see, like, how many... I mean, because there's, like, what, 2,000 people who, like, did nothing with their flares this entire year? So how many more flares will now just uh, leave them in their vaults, perhaps forgotten about? 
uh, I don't know. But yeah, the emissions will just stop. The locked flares will be unlocked. And uh, we will see fireworks. Or we won't. Nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah, I talked about it a bit before you came. Someone was asking uh, if there's going to be new utility if, or if we're doing anything to prevent price from collapsing. <laughs> Some people in this Discord even try to psyops people into selling their flares. <laughs> some newcomer, some innocent newcomer will come in and be like, I don't know, say some say some criticism or something. <laughs> or or no, it's more like uh, they would have like a doubt or have a question or something. Be like, "Isn't flares like not legit because such and such?" And then the community member will be like, "That's right. You should sell immediately. <laughs> Only in the flare Discord." <laughs> um, can I post the AMA immediately immediately after? Yeah, that is a uh, that is what I usually do. So maybe I'll take a hour or something. But yeah, it'll be up soon. No worries. Mad lads reactions. What do you mean? My reaction to mad lads? I, uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Don't worry, it's not COVID. Uh, Autocatalytics says, general thoughts on the health of Solana, implications of NFT communities, possible partnerships, etc. Yeah, so actually I mentioned this earlier, but uh, I think Solana is doing very good. 
uh, technically speaking. Um, the chain has been like super smooth and the last outage it had was like only because of a bug in the newer version that all the validators were updating to. Um, all the like issues with um, like heavy traffic and being able to deal with that. It, it appears that Solana has fixed all that. Um, I mean, like, they may bump into it again at, like, the next um, maybe couple orders of magnitude more of demand on the network, if, if we see that. But, like, right now, you know, it's just, like, quick and localized fee markets, QoS, like, they appear to have just solved all the congestion issues and spamming issues. Um, even with like the um, Mad Lads Mint, the thing that was DDoSed wasn't Solana the chain, but like the RPC infrastructure. So the Web2 infrastructure. Um, so yeah, Solana the chain had zero issues handling that, which was great to see. Um, Solana really has come a long way. And, like, there really is no second best <laughs> when it comes to, like, UX. Um, it's just such a clear leader. And these uh, other chains, like, maybe they have a path to scaling to reach where Solana is right now. Maybe. But that's going to take time, and by the time they get there, like Solana, you know, already has all these other plans for like, even further improving throughput and cheapness and speed and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like I always say, like you know, Solana was built based on first principles. It's like, uh, you know. The end goal is basically just to create the most efficient, optimized chain, cheapest transactions, fastest speed, um, and like you know, that's all they care about. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to the Zero uh, X Research podcast. Um, I think I retweeted their latest episode, which was with Anatoly. Uh, it was great. I highly recommend it. Um, in it, he kind of talks about like um, value accrual of the chain itself. And this is like something Ethereans often talk about because Ethereum right now is um, decently deflationary. There's so much usage of the chain despite the high price of transacting on it that uh, more ETH is being burned than uh, minted as rewards. Um, which is, I think is pretty incredible to be honest. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it is totally unsustainable and uh, Anatoly thinks the same. Um, because as a user, like so yeah you use blockchain because 
it can you, there's all these like apps and stuff that you can't really have in the TradFi world. Um, you want the permissionlessness, the decentralization, etc. Um, in terms of decentralization, Solana is, I would argue, as good as, if not better than, Ethereum is. It really depends on like what metric you look at. Um, I think Solana is better than Ethereum in some and worse than Ethereum on some. Um, so it really, I guess, just depends on like what you value for decentralization. <clears throat> but uh, there's definitely metrics on which Solana is ahead, a <clears throat> um, such as the number of validators or the uh, Nakamoto coefficient. Um, so like in that sense, like most of the new people coming in to the world of blockchain, um, I think, you know, the vast majority of them are not going to be high, highly idealistic. They're not going to be like, like decentralization maxis. Um, even if they were, you know, if they had like technical understanding, then, you know, it would still be a close call between Ethereum and Solana. But yeah, if, if like their first priority is not decentralization, what's next? It's usually like, you know, UX, which, you know, can take the form of either like the cost to transact or the speed at which transactions confirm. Um, and also like the, the general UX of like apps on whatever blockchain. Um, and like Solana is just like light years ahead in all of those, right? If you look at the transaction costs, like orders of magnitude cheaper, speed its way faster. And then the UX of like apps and stuff, like for example, compare Tensor with Blur. Tensor is like way better. I've never used Blur, so actually I don't know, but so I've heard. Um, or like look at wallets. Ethereum has uh, MetaMask, which is like, you know, <laughs> universally acclaimed to be trash. And then on Ethereum, you have like Backpack, you have Soulflare, uh, Phantom used to be great, maybe not quite as much anymore. Probably especially because like they're going multi-chain and just like not as focused on Solana anymore. Um, I've heard things about Glow Wallet. I've never used it. And Otter, Otter Cash, which has which I've also never used, but I've also heard good things about. Like the 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 developers on Solana are like they really care about UX, um, and like for me personally, I know that hits hits hard for me. Like I really care about UX. When I first like transacted on Solana, it was just like night and day, and you know, it was only when I got on Solana that I began starting to experiment in DeFi because it's just like too goddamn expensive to do anything on Ethereum. Um, and then, uh, you know, Solana has the phone, which, you know, has the potential to be huge for mass adoption. Um, this is really cool. We have Fire Dancer, which will further increase the speed and throughput cheapness. Um, and then Solana, let's see, they have some 
SIMDs, is that what they're called? Solana Improvement something. <laughs> I forgot. But like uh, the... Uh, yeah, there's like uh, other things where Solana is looking to improve. Um, like they're by no means done. Um, so yeah, like... I don't know. Those are my general thoughts on the health of Solana. I think it's looking very good. Um, implications of NFT communities. I feel like I'm much less informed about that. I probably don't have any insight there. Um, yeah. Possible partnerships. I'm not sure if that's referring to like uh, Solana partnerships or our partnerships or yeah. Oh well. Um, let's see. Thugyat says I'm interested in the answer. Couldn't hear the reply in vocal. If you have a reference or a bit of an answer, please let me know. Uh, you can always listen to this uh, recording later. But um, but yeah, basically emissions will stop and then stakers will need to unstake manually. Yes. Uh, so same as it is right now, just unstake and withdraw. Uh, Fugzia, yes, you can stake your flare today. There's, uh, you got like 20 days more of staking, and you can unstake anytime, so highly recommend that you stake. Get some Lefinity. Alright, well, uh, I guess we're uh, good on the questions, so I'm going to call it. Uh, thanks, Apramano. Thanks for chiming in with all the questions, and everyone else as well. Always appreciate it. Uh, welcome to Thugs Yacht for uh, just buying the flare. Welcome to the club. Hope to see you around in the chat with everyone else. <coughs> And uh, yeah, all right, well, until next time, peace out, guys.